Hello, heathens. I'm Megan Angus, and this is Spinning the Wheel Podcast. In this weekly audio ritual, we explore the eight seasons of the witch's wheel of the year, and we discover how it is so much more than eight sabbats. We weirding witches time travel through holy days, festivals, and celestial events connecting our celebrations and magic to the past, present, and future. Our cackling fills the night as we take our turn gathering the wool, wielding the distaff, and spinning the wheel. Witches! What's up? Hello and good morning or good afternoon or good night, depending on where you are in space and time listening to this. Uh, Apologies. This week's podcast is a little late because, (laughs) I mean, I don't really think I have to explain to you all why (laughs) you're here on Earth with me in gestures vaguely this. (laughs) But here we are back, back, back again. Uh, And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me uh, for yet another romp through um, space and time right? That's, that's the vibes. Um, As always, we are going to be looking at holy days, past and present, astrology, magic, tarot, you know, witchcraft, just the same old, same old. Um, Before we get into the, the, the grist of this week's work, let me say this first and foremost, if you haven't listened or watched yet, uh, my fall equinox class slash Mabin class, second harvest class, which is Thanksgiving class, six week guide to da 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 class is up uh, now. It is on all of the uh, podcast platforms. You can watch the video or listen to it. I think you have both options. Uh, I also uploaded it to YouTube, so it's airware. Um, I think I listed it on my website as well. I probably should, right? That'd be a thing. Um, So if you haven't caught up yet, go check that out. It is uh, an overview of the history, the astronomy, the astrology, the the witchcraft, the folk traditions, um, and the, um, the... I guess, how do I want to say this? The the weather rhythms of Earth um, during this time of year, this portion of the wheel. Uh, fall equinox is a really potent time that changes shape and is really centered in the idea of transforming and moving from uh, one aspect of life and, and um, one version of ourself into another and then into another. We do a lot of work in fall equinox to get ourselves ready for Samhain season that's coming up soon and Yule slash winter solstice after that as we step ultimately into winter. But we have officially entered the dark half of the year uh, here for us, I should say, in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, For folks in the Southern Hemisphere, it's spring equinox and y'all have just entered the bright half of the year. Enjoy, I guess, for people who would like the sun, whatever. Uh, But for us lucky folks in the Northern Hemisphere, 
it's going to get darker and darker and colder and colder uh, as we move along. Yay! <laughs> right now, uh, I'm in Seattle, and it's almost the end of September. It's almost October, and it's 80 degrees outside. So I, it's, I don't know what's going on. Well, I do. It's climate change, right? We know exactly what's going on, <laughs> hence why it, it is the way it is, right? Okay. So anyways, if you haven't watched that, go check it out. Um, and uh, let me say massive and profound, juicy, crunchy, and slightly uh, lurid thank yous to all of my freaking patrons. What the fuck you guys are like going ham over there on Patreon. Yeah. Um, your donations uh, make it possible for me to offer those classes for free uh, to the good beings of earth and beyond. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You all, if you're watching those classes for free, thank my patrons. Cause they're the ones that are making that happen. If you want to support this work, please join my Patreon. Uh, you could join at a dollar. If you just think the podcast is dope or the classes are dope and you'd like to support at $5 and up, you get access to a wide variety of different posts, um, that are private or, you know, eventually shared on my website, but usually it's a year or two later. Uh, at $9 and up at the Venus level and higher, you get access to the Patreon bag of holding, wherein you will find the workbooks uh, that I've created over the years for the Wheel of the Year classes. Uh, there is a six to eight week calendar with hundreds of holy days past and present that go along with each of the Sabbaths. Um, there are digital spells in there. Uh, and lots of other stuff. <laughs> the slides from the classes and all of my reference material and all of that stuff is in there. Um, and for folks that join at the uh, sun level, that $23 a month and higher, uh, you all get access to me and get um, readings either, um, you know, a couple times a year up to once a month at the higher levels. If you want to um, have support as we move through these uh, festivals and holy days and seasons and pieces of the wheel, um, if you want to work with this stuff on a much more personal level, get at me, dude. Uh, let's work together and work it out. Um, that's some of my favorite stuff to do is uh, empowering folks with all of this really incredible symbolism. So major, major thank yous to my patrons. Um, I just hit 70 patrons, which is incredible to me. And I'm closing in on being able to pay my rent every month with Patreon, which is just really, really special and phenomenal. So huge, huge thank yous to everybody who supports this work. Um, also, and uh, I am offering tarot classes that are standalone workshops throughout fall for you to brush up on your uh, scrying and divinatory skills as we move into the dark half of the year. Uh, you can check all that stuff out in the tarot classes link on my website. Um, and uh, pretty excited about those workshops, actually. They're pretty cool. And this is the season for working divination. We're going to talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the podcast today. But um, but uh, yeah, this is the season for brushing up on our uh, divinatory skills, skills that all people have, in my opinion. Um, I think of divination 
uh, abilities as like a muscle that is in all people. And it's really about exercising that muscle, learning how to identify it and work with it, and then figuring out what methods are best for you, right? Like we all have muscles in our legs, but only some of us are really amazing cross-country runners. Um, but some of us can jump really high and some of us can, you know, lift a thousand pounds with our leg muscles, right? We all have our different specialties, right? So I, I kind of think of divinatory skills as that same thing. Everybody uh, can do this stuff. And then once you begin to practice with this, uh, you start to get a sense of like what methods are really going to be um, appropriate for you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, um, if this podcast is doing it for you, please uh, leave a rating, uh, leave a review uh, if that's possible on the platform that you listen to. And the very best thing that you can do is share this with your friends, family, coworkers. That's always really, really special to me when people um, trust this work enough to share it with the people that are important to them in their lives. Um, so thank you. All right. That's enough of the squishy, sappy stuff. My God, Libra season. I'm ruined. <laughs> okay. Back to the facts and figures and data. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's get into this. Maybon season, uh, new moon in Libra, lunar week 33, I think. <laughs> All right, this lunar week started, as I said, I'm a little late on this. Sorry, everybody. Uh, this lunar week started Sunday, uh, September 25th with our new moon in Libra at two degrees, 49 minutes, or you could just round that up to three degrees of Libra at 2.54 p.m. Pacific Standard Time later in the day slash the next day for everybody else around the world. Um, and what have we got with a new moon in Libra? Well, um, when it, and the sun has moved into Libra just a couple days before, right? That's one of our indicators of fall equinox. Um, in Libra, we seek a balance between who we are in the bright half of the year and the dark half of the year. Um, and we also might be trying to find some type of balance in our relationships, in our social networks. Um, we might be looking for beauty, uh, but not so much like hardcore structure or like um, rigid truth telling. <laughs> um, and there can be a real heavy emphasis on diplomacy. Um, one of the hard parts, I think, about moving through Libra is that there can be a real emphasis on playing nice, keeping things cute, uh, keeping things light and fun and everybody's comfortable. And there can be an emphasis on veering away from honesty uh, if it's going to make things uncomfortable or difficult. Um, veering away from the truth, veering away from justice, even, if it's going to make somebody like feel weird about it, right? And yet, um, when we look around the world, that's not a conversation we can avoid right now. In fact, it's a conversation that we really kind of have to be knee deep in sort of at all times, because there is just rampant injustice in this world and uh, a wild number of people that are more than happy to stomp all over decorum and diplomacy and niceties. Um, 
to get what they want, right? So, so this season encourages us towards one sort of behaviors, whether we should be doing that or not. And then, um, and then the world is sort of doing its own thing, right? So, so there's a bit of a, uh, of a paradox there. And that's paradox is something we talk about a lot here on the podcast as, as witches, magicians, hermeticists, magic workers, we often stand with a foot in yes and a foot in no, or a foot in the light and a foot in the dark. And, um, and here we really are standing at the crux of, uh, you know, one half of the year and the other half of the year. Um, of course, we don't want to reduce things down to binary systems. That's just one way of looking at the world. It's not the only way. Um, because, but that symbolism is very acute here at, at the equinoxes, fall and spring both. So we don't want to ignore that either. But that reduction uh, down to looking at things black and white, yes and no, hard, easy, fast, slow, really you know, encourages us to kind of lose the nuance, right? To ignore the, the marginal elements of things, um, to ignore the details. And again, in the name of diplomacy and just keeping things light and easy and sweet and cute, but that's not always the healthiest way forward. So, you know, I know a lot of folks really enjoy the Libra season, um, but I and Aries, <laughs> Aries rising anyways, uh, you know, my ascendant is square to Libra, uh, opposing Libra. So I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we're going to argue about it. All right, I'll get over my own biases. Let's move on. Um, but specifically when we are working with the new moon in Libra, what our what are our new moons for? They are a seed. They are a start. They're an initiatory moment. They are a gateway that we are invited to walk through. They are a process that we are invited to start or begin again or approach in a new way, right? Like our whole life isn't starting all over every time we have a new moon, but we're invited into a type of newness, right? Or a re-beginning of something. Um, at every new moon, which is really cool. Uh, we get to shed some skin and then kind of come back as like a new version of ourself and sort of like, okay, now how do I want to approach this work? And, and in Libra, um, it, or specifically with our new moon in Libra, we are really initiating or being invited to initiate a new process around, um, you know, our convictions and justice and seeking out balance in the world in terms of what is right and what is wrong. Um, kind of, you know, as I say in the notebook, walking the fine line between sweet and salty. And this conversation is always important. And it's also important now in Mabon season or in fall equinox season in this portion of the wheel, because we are coming into a season of deep abundance. Um, even if that is only symbolically across the Northern Hemisphere, we are seeing um, this incredible harvest come in. But if we want to take two steps back and, and think about the, um, the meta of it all, um, there is incredible riches in this world. And there are people who have a whole shitload of that stuff. And there are a whole lot of people who can barely pay rent who can barely afford their groceries, who might not be able to have or afford access to safe housing or medical care or education, which are all human rights. 
those are all things that are that are basic fundamental elements of being a, a, a being here on this planet. So, you know, so what's up with that, right? How how can we possibly have a conversation around justice and balance when this world is so wildly out of balance? So this new moon is truly inviting you to come back to this conversation with fresh eyes, with fresh concepts, and uh, that freshness I would invite could be born out of what have you learned and what have you unlearned about how shit really is in the power structures of earth in the last two and a half years in witnessing how the power structures of earth have dealt with COVID, for example, or not dealt with it, how they have dealt with um, environmental collapse or not dealt with it. And furthering into that conversation, how the power structures of earth have, um, have affected those things, have possibly caused or created those things, right? And how many people are suffering under the effects of those things when they had no play in causing it or sustaining it? Just that stuff, real casual. You know, it's always like real light and fun here on the podcast. We're always keeping it just super, super casual, right? Ha ha. But this is, this is what it is to be alive on earth today. This is what it is to be a witch, in my opinion, on earth today. You can't divorce this work um, from the work. It is the work. So this new moon in Libra is inviting us to come back to this conversation again with fresh eyes, with a deeper understanding of what truth actually is um, and what diplomacy should actually look like, uh, what balance actually would look like if we were genuinely experiencing it uh, in, in the world today. Okay. Um, when we have our new moon in Libra for our lunar body work, we are awakening, activating, adorning, stimulating, and preparing for action. The hips, because we're probably going to be doing a lot of dancing in this season, <laughs> uh, kidney uh, and bladder systems. These are our deep filtration systems, and we are filtering out the bad, and we are sending the good back into the system. Um, as I say every week on the podcast, I am not a doctor of the human corpus. I am a doctor of uh, witchery. And uh, please check with your trusted health advisor if you are wanting to integrate any of the information from this podcast into your bodily health routines. But, and I always invite you to work with the metaphor. So, do we need to come back to our filtration methods and be more discriminating about what is not serving us in our lives and what is actually really good for us and needs to be retained? That metaphor is very appropriate at this time of year. Um, for working with our plant friends, uh, this is a great moon for aesthetics only. Uh, when the moon is in Libra, we don't actually want to do anything super hardcore with our plants. We just want to enjoy them. Um, wipe down your pots, wipe down your plant stands, maybe add some decorations. You might give your plants a spin uh, as the light is beginning to shift uh, with the sun slowly uh, dropping in the sky and getting lower and lower every day. Not just shorter amounts of sunlight, but also a different angle of sunlight. Um, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, very appropriate, right? Libra is all about the aesthetics, keeping it cute. Um, and so that's really super appropriate for all of that. 
Um, is that everything I want to say about the moon? Yes, it is. Okay, we're now going to talk about um, some of the holy days that we are experiencing this week. I actually talked uh, about a lot of these holy days in the fall equinox class. So there's even more information in the video for the class, and there's even more information on these holy days in the workbook that is available to patrons. Um, but briefly, uh, this month, or excuse me, in this week, we are seeing some really important holy days in the ancient world and in the modern world. Um, and so, uh, looking at my calendar here, on uh, September 25th itself, we had from our Jewish friends and ancestors, Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. And this is year 5783 for our Jewish friends. Um, and so here we are in with our beautiful new moon, right, which is a start and a beginning. Um, stepping into this new portion of the year, we could even say it is a new year. And it is, in fact, for our Jewish friends and ancestors. On September 26th, we have the beautiful Hindu festival that uh, beginning uh, Navratri. Um, and this is also a New Year's festival where Hindus are welcoming in the dark half of the year. And the Rosh Hashanah festival, um, is a multi-day and really, to be fair, a multi-week event um, that is going to run through into the beginning of October, actually into the first two weeks of October. Um, there, It's kind of a big festival complex um, of stepping into this new year and bringing it in. Um, but this is a uh, this is always going to fall on the new moon closest to the autumn equinox. That can happen before the equinox, that can happen after the equinox, but whatever new moon is the closest, that's going to mark uh, the beginning of this uh, new year for our Jewish friends and ancestors. Um, and then with Navratri, same thing. It's The timing is uh, the same. And um, Rosh Hashanah is... a is celebratory and solemn at the same time. There are parts of it that are definitely about um, devotion and prayer and spending time, uh, you know, alone or spending time um, contemplating spiritual ideas. Navratri, for our Hindu friends and ancestors, Navratri tends to be much more celebratory all the way through. And it also is a multi-day and really technically a multi-week festival complex. There are also a few solemn moments in the Navratri festivals, but for the most part, it's very celebratory. And there is this sense of um, bringing in something new to indicate the new part of the year that we're stepping into. And one of my favorite elements of Navratri is uh, at the very beginning, bringing in something of a uh, preciousness, gold, silver, money, like literal uh, physical world symbols of abundance and wealth and prosperity of any kind. So it could be you know, gold covered walnuts, like it really could be anything unless you have a nut allergy, don't sue me. But um, 
but anything that's a sense of like opulence and abundance and wealth and newness coming into the house. But sometimes uh, folks will like go buy a new piece of clothing or they might buy a new item for their house, even if it doesn't have to be expensive, it just needs to be new. And really, I would even say new to you. Um, so I think that that could in some traditions include things that we find at thrift stores. But in a lot of the research that I've done, there really is this emphasis on something that is literally new, like no one else has owned this before and you're bringing it into the house. Um, other holidays that are happening this week uh, that I want to point to on September 29th, we have Michael Mass, and this is really kind of the Catholic Church's um, approximation of this abundance festival cycle that we are stepping into in the pagan world. We know that a lot of our Catholic holidays are centered on or very near ancient pagan holidays because they were trying to rout out those belief systems and those gods and goddesses. Um, and so Michael Mass is really this idea, uh, you know, that is dedicated to the Archangel Michael, um, who is, of course, honored for defeating Lucifer, Lucifer, the light bringer. And so here you have Michael defeating the light bringer as we step into the dark half of the year. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. But also on this day for a lot of Catholics, but a lot of other folks, this is the feast of the archangels where all four of the main archangels are uh, worshipped or venerated or honored or, you know, sort of witnessed in some way. And there's conjecture around that idea. Um, this is not a universal thing for Catholics. This is not a universal thing for all magic practitioners. Um, a lot of folks who work with angelic entities work with the idea of there being like a main four. Uh, but there's a lot of systems that work with a main seven. Um, and, you know, do your research on that. If Archangel stuff is something that's intriguing to you, boy, howdy, there's a lot of information out there. Put your tinfoil hat on, as usual, because it gets a little wild there on the internet with that stuff. Um, but Raphael, Machael, Gabriel, and Uriel are thought to be uh, in cahoots with or synonymous with the four pillars of reality, the four directions, the four elements, uh, the four temperatures, the, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and Machael or Michael is one of the main ones. So we're, we're dealing with these folks on uh, September 29th. But there's lots of other cool things happening on the 29th. There's the Feast of Elegua uh, for our Yoruba land friends and ancestors. There's the Feast of Papa Legba for our Vodun or Vodou uh, friends and ancestors. Um, what other holidays do I want to talk about that are happening this week? Oh, right. September 30th, from our Roman friends and ancestors, we have the opening of the Mundus Sereris number two. And what is this? So the Mundus Sereris was this incredibly mysterious, uh, semi-hemispheric uh, pit in Rome that was this underground pit or this underground chamber um, where offerings and sacrifices to the goddess Ceres um, was, were presented. And this is this pit would only be opened a few times a year. Otherwise, it was spooky and dark down there. Nobody knew what was going on. Um, and this is the second opening of the year. This is a part of a much larger 
uh, agrarian food growth cycle that happens throughout the year. So we're going to open the Mundus Serraris again uh, later in a few months. Um, and this is in a, it links into a lot of really cool stuff, but ultimately uh, this one in particular is about pleasing or making sacrifices to or appeasements to the manes or the demanes who were uh, chthonic deities sometimes thought to represent the souls of disease, deceased loved ones. And they're connected with the Lares and the Lemuries and the Genii and the Di Penates. Um, and this idea of beings who live underground slash ancestors who are underground slash the dead who are underground being involved with the harvest that is happening above ground is like a super universal concept. We see it in the Mayan work. We see it in Rome. We see it in China. Like it, we see it throughout the Celtic lands. Like it is everywhere. Uh, there was absolutely for ancient peoples, this deep connection between whatever was happening below ground that's rotting and decaying and breaking down and ultimately becoming compost and the soil itself ultimately having something to do with the abundance that is coming up above ground and producing and resulting um, in this great, you know, harvest moment that we're having here in fall. Really cool stuff. We've talked about it for a few months now, but we're going to start to come into a big session uh, or series of holidays from a wide variety of different people throughout this fall equinox moment. Um, that kind of address this idea from a bunch of different angles. And I think it's really, really profound. Uh, I think it's really important and special uh, symbolism to remember that, you know, what we plant, we sow, right? or what we sow, excuse me, what we plant, what we sow, we harvest. Um, and that those who have come before us are a part of what we are receiving now and we in turn will become a part of that cycle too at some point we at some point are going to be put into the ground in one way or another whether we're doing uh you know a literal burial or we are cremated or maybe we go through aquamation or mushrooms eat our corpses or whatever it is right um at some point we're going to be done with our physical bodies and that's going to be put back into the into the recycling, basically, we're going to be put back into the recycle of it all. Um, and someone will harvest from our efforts at some point. Yeah, cool, right? <laughs> like, like, actually, literally uh, joining into the great chain of human existence. Again, we just try to keep it super casual here on the podcast, just real light, fun topics and ideas. That's all. That's all we're doing here. Um, so we're going to talk more about uh, this cycle as we move through fall equinox and head towards uh, Samhain season. Um, there's so many other holidays that I could talk about in this week, but I'm not gonna because there's just too many. Um, but we are going to start to see, uh, as I just said, a lot of these harvesting from the dead ultimately is really what we're talking about here. Uh, lots of festivals, single day, week long, multi-day festivals focused on that idea. 
And we are also going to start to see a whole lot of veneration for ancestors who have passed, as well as veneration of old people. So like, so many grandparents days and grandmother days in particular, because also in the background of all of this stuff uh, for pagans, we are uh, witnessing the goddess. Some of us anyways, work with this metaphor. Not all of us do, but we are witnessing the goddess in their mother aspect, great mother aspect. As we talk about in the class, this is a state that all beings can embody. The idea of mothering something, gestating, nurturing something to uh, result or fruition. Um, and so we witness the goddess as the great mother uh, at this time. And then we witness them uh, moving into a repose or a chill period where we're just celebrating and enjoying the abundance that has been born here on earth. And then we are going to witness the great mother turn slowly into the crone, right? So grandmother energy, grandfather, grandparent energy, big time. Uh, and as we move through the six to eight weeks of Mabin season or second harvest, which is Thanksgiving, whatever you call this fall equinox moment, um, there is going to be more and more of an emphasis on Mother's Day holidays throughout the world. Like in the West, we've already done ours, but all throughout like Eastern Europe and Central Asia and um like Northern Africa and all of those places, the Middle East, we see all a huge emphasis on a whole bunch of Mother's Day type events and then grandmothers slash grandparents days as we move through this season. Last thing that I want to talk about, talking about really powerful goddesses, October 1st through 5th, which is a part of the Navratri celebrations. We have Durga Puja from our Hindu friends and ancestors. Um, and uh, Durga is incredible. She's rad. She's dope. She's sweet. She's wonderful. Um, she's fiery and spicy and an incredible warrior and really represents, uh, in her myth or their myth, the triumph of goodness over evil, the triumph of, um, humans taking care of each other over human suffering. I highly recommend checking out her myth if you are attracted to Hindu deities at all. Um, this is a really great time to study Durga. Um, and the fact that we have Durga's holiday here is really cool because we also have in from our Yoruba land traditions, um, some really potent warrior gods are being celebrated this time too. Again, not going to get into all the stuff, but uh, that is what is happening for our holy days for the most part. Um, the only, the last thing I'll say about this is, well, uh, three more things I'll say. <laughs> Classic Megan, right? That's very on brand. Three more things that I will say. Also in this week, we are having three months start, right? So we've already got our big New Year's stuff with Navratri and Rosh Hashanah. Um, on September 26th, we have the ancient Greek month of Pianapsion starting. Uh, from our Roman friends and ancestors, we have Calende October starting. And we also, from our Celtic friends and ancestors, modern and ancient, right? There's a lot of conjecture around this stuff. We have the Celtic tree month of ivy. And ivy really helps us focus on revelry. Remember last month, 
um, was the was focused on the vine. Ivy is also a vine, so we're sort of sort of continuing with the vine imagery. And uh, something that I think is really interesting about vines, or excuse me, about ivy in particular, is that it often grows on plants that are dying or dead. So there's a really cool, like straightforward connection with all of that stuff that we just talked about with our with our holiday symbolism, right? Of like dead things, elements, beings producing life and 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 you know the living sort of living off the dead and all of that's just very cool um ivy uh is really sacred in um marriage and coupling and relationship magic and symbolism um and by some groups is considered to be the female quote unquote the female counterpart to the masculine holly um but uh yeah uh, cool thing cool thing ultimately um when we are working with ivy uh we are bringing in this idea of things sort of being tied like opposite ideas being tied together life death um death rebirth um it can be used to banish negativity uh, it can be used in spell work where we are doing self-improvement stuff. Um, and it can be used in a protection magic when we are trying to put a barrier between ourselves and stuff that is toxic to us. Um, so it is uh, utilized in healing magic, protection magic, cooperation magic, and binding magic, if that's something that you practice. All right, let's move on now to the astrology of this week. Shall we? Yes, we shall. Okay. Astrology for this lunar week. Um, not going to spend too much time on the astrology of Sunday because it's already Tuesday. So, you know, here we are. Uh, but kind of getting into the vibes, we've already talked about our new moon in Libra a bit. Um, and so the, the general vibes that the new moon is kind of casting over the week, we might say, is, um, you know, there is a little bit of uh, optimism. There's a little bit of generosity, goddess bless <laughs> kind of coming through um, with, you know, other things that are happening this week. Um, but uh, this is in general, a really great week for planning stuff. Yes, I know we still have Mercury in retrograde. It's okay. Everybody calm down. Um, what do we have six planets retrograde right now? It's a lot. And that's why I'm saying planning and not so much acting, right? It's still a new moon. So this still is the beginning of a type of cycle. Um, so moving into the astrology of the rest of the week, Monday, we have, uh, had, I guess I should say, I'm not going to spend too much time on this either, but we had, uh, Venus in Virgo conjunct Mercury retrograde also in Virgo at 27 degrees. And we had the sun in Libra conjunct Jupiter, or excuse me, opposing Jupiter in Aries, Jupiter retrograde in Aries at three degrees or four degrees. Um, and collectively, this is have fun, you know, continue planning, continue uh, generating ideas around your plan, all of that stuff. Um, 
But something that I have written down multiple times for this week is continue to pay very close attention to the information that is coming to you and hold that information very lightly. There is still a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and just lack of information. And so this is not a super great time for acting because we don't have all of the pieces yet. We don't have the full picture. So we don't want to jump to conclusions. We don't want to, um, you know, go off half cocked, as they say. Uh, we are acquiring information and that Libra new moon, what's it telling us to do? It's telling us to filter, right? So we are filtrating the information that's coming through and examining it and considering it before we pass that information on to anybody, before we integrate that information into our plan, all of that stuff. Okay, moving on to Tuesday, September 27th at 5.55 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, we had uh, Mercury retrograde in Virgo trine Pluto retrograde in Capricorn at 27 degrees. Um, this is earthy, earthy, earthy to the max. Um, Mercury moves really fast. All the same, this transit is going to last, you know, 12 to 24-ish hours. So this is really fantastic for planning again, um, kind of getting your thoughts in order around subject X, whatever it is. Um, and we want to think about Mercury as being the planet of communication. And we want to think about Pluto as being the planet of transformation or transmogrification, refining things, burning off the mundane and revealing the holy in something. And so again, we have really great astrology here for continuing to examine what is true, what is not, how do we come to that conclusion, right? Um, allowing the, the depth of... Uh, of truth to really show itself and reveal itself. And then just sitting with this information before we begin to take action in the world. Mercury is going to station retrograde or station direct really quick here, uh, just a few more days at the end of the week, technically. Um, and so to have this uh, as more or less the last astrological aspect that Mercury makes before it stations direct, I think is really potent and really cool. Um, because even though Pluto can be super spooky, it truly is here to help us get to the super ultra mega real in the depths of whatever it is that we're dealing with or talking about. Um, and then uh, on, oh, excuse me, same day today, <laughs> At around 4.14 p.m., uh, we have the moon stepping into Scorpio. So we still have a waxing moon. It's not quite to the crescent, so it's kind of got some new moon vibes to it. But when I think about it, it's kind of progressing into the next phase here. And when our moon is in Scorpio, we are preparing for action um, or stimulating or adorning the organs and the processes in our body that are centered on pleasure, reproduction, and waste management. So here we are again, sex and death, right? Making babies and watching stuff compost. Um, and Scorpio is all about that stuff. For our plant body work, this is a great time to start planting, transplanting, or grafting um, for any of our plants 
fruits, veg, or flowering plants that bear results above ground. So a great time to be attending to your corn, to your squash, to your beans, uh, to your tomatoes, to your sunflowers, to all of that stuff that is like producing above ground. Um, planting, transplanting, grafting, all of that. Um, and then at 1048 PM tonight, uh, Pacific Standard Time, we have uh, Mars in Gemini trine Saturn retrograde in Aquarius at 20 degrees. And Mars and Saturn are generally not super stoked to hang out with each other. They are often described as the two malevolence in astrology, in ancient astrology. Um, but when they are on the same page with each other, these two planets are all about steadily getting shit done. And so if you have a project that's been lingering in your house or a, a situation in your life that's been hanging out, that's like, I really need someone to attend to me. I need to finish this thing or I need to get it started so I can get it finished. This astrology is really assisting in that. Um, this can also, depending on what other uh, uh, personal aspects you might be having, this can also be a really great time to deal with authority figures. Um, so getting your chores done, uh, your bureaucratic chores, your house chores, your personal chores, anything along those lines, really, really supportive for that stuff. Wednesday, the 28th, nothing in particular is going on. So let's scooch to Thursday, the 29th at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We have um, the moon is our waxing crescent in Scorpio at 21 or 22 degrees. Um, and again, dealing with that Scorpio moon, we are really bringing in that idea of uh, adorning, addressing, awakening, stimulating for action, the parts of our body that bring in pleasure um, and uh, waste management stuff, you know, let ultimately get rid of the things that are not serving us. Libra helps us filter out and parse through. I like you, you got to go. And then when the moon is in Scorpio, it's like, okay, and now it's time to take the trash out. Goodbye. Um, so we love that stuff. Astrologically speaking, nothing too exciting happening this day. Um, oh, except, uh, Venus moves into Libra. That is actually pretty exciting. That's kind of a big deal because Venus rules Libra. Uh, this is where Venus is going to be hanging out for the next month-ish. Not quite, but about. Um, and Venus in Libra can bring in a deep sense of opulence, abundance, a want of beauty, a want of comfort and pleasure and luxury to whatever it is that we are doing. So uh, it's a it's a little bit of a nice remedy, actually, to the Mars trine Saturn from the day before, because Mars trine Saturn is like, let's get stuff done. And doesn't really care if it's like kind of funky the way that we get it done, right? Or if it's not like if it's kind of ugly or whatever. And Venus in Libra is like, no, we're going to put a shine on that. I'm going to add some glitter. We're going to like not just move the couch and vacuum underneath it. We're now going to find the new cute angle for the couch in the living room. And like, what does that need to look like? Or, you know, it, it's a it's a moment where we actually want to zhuzh up our, our living spaces quite a bit, where we want to maybe pull some clothes out of the closet that um, 
we've been saving for a special occasion uh, and bring some beauty and some opulence and pleasure into our lives. Love. Uh, nothing wrong with that, right? Um, love it. Okay. Then at nine o'clock in the evening, Pacific Standard Time, the moon is going to head into Sagittarius. And with our moon in Sagittarius, we are awakening, activating, adorning, stimulating, preparing for action, the lower back, the sciatic nerve family, and the thighs. Again, uh, if that doesn't work for you in your literal health routine, think about the metaphor of that. This is the part of the body that's like the big hinge between the upper and the lower. And that's a lot of what Sagittarian energy is really about is like being a hinge between the holy in us and the animal in us, um, or the loftiest parts of our being and the most real world physical aspects of our being. Um, and so when we have our waxing moon in Sagittarius, there is just an increased attitude of expansion, a desire for experiences and relationships and conversations that are going to expand our understanding of reality, expand our capacity in a situation, all of that good stuff. We love it. Um, and while the moon is hanging out in Sagittarius, this is a fantastic time for harvesting, uh, which, hello, we're in the season of, so there's a very holy act to do at, on this day, um, as well as doing pest control, um, any weeding or plowing, aerating the soil, doing disease control, and pruning plants to encourage above ground growth. And this is absolutely appropriate for all of your house plants. Again, as I've been saying for the last couple of months, we are in this shifting season where the light is changing, the temperatures are changing, the humidity in the air is changing. And so we want to be paying attention to our plants for bugs, for mildew on the soil, all of that stuff. If you're lucky enough to have an outdoor grow space, same thing. Um, and it might be that whatever crops you've grown in your outdoor space, whether that's flowers or fruit or whatever it is, those plants might be starting to show signs of decline or receding back into their, their wintertime growth form. And so this could be a really great time to cut some of those plants back um, so that they can conserve energy and really focus on the parts that are going to uh, live through winter. Or maybe those plants are going to start to go dormant soon. And so we want to set them up for their, their best, um, their best work in that stuff. Okay. Moving on to Friday, the 30th, nothing particular is happening on that day. Moving on to Saturday, October 1st, we have, uh, Venus in Libra opposing Jupiter retrograde in Aries at three to four degrees. Um, and generally speaking, Jupiter hanging out with Venus. These are the two benefics. So here in the same week, we've got Mars hanging out with Saturn, who are like two grumpy gusses, right? And we've got Venus hanging out with Jupiter, who are the two like, I'll buy the next round. <laughs> that's, that's very much the attitude of Venus and Jupiter both. Um, so we have uh, some really 
hardcore structure and let's get work done energy at the beginning of the week. Love, big assist there. And then by the time we get to the end of the week and the weekend, we have uh, Venus and Jupiter that are like, it's fine, call into work. It's going to be great. Let's have fun. Oh my God. So let me say the hard part of this is overdoing it is really easy when we have any aspects between Venus and Jupiter, but especially oppositions and squares. And this is an opposition. So overdoing it, overspending, overeating, and you know what that means for you. Um, overcommitting, all of that kind of stuff can come up between uh, uh, Venus and Jupiter when it's in an opposition. Um, one of the ways that we might deal with stress is spending money and buying our way through the stress. Oh, so-and-so can't afford to go out to eat the, with the rest of us. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up their tab. Maybe we can't actually afford that, you know, or maybe we need to pick a cheaper place that everybody can afford to go eat. Um, but we're driven by opulence. We're driven by abundance. Um, so generally speaking, that's the hard part of it. If you um, can keep that uh, present for yourself. If you can stay aware of those tendencies in yourself, this is really awesome to have this, uh, transit over the weekend. Um, COVID wear a damn mask, take care of yourselves, get your booster shots. But if you're hanging out with people, this is like super dope astrology to support hanging out, being social, having fun, enjoying the abundance of your social circles, um, whatever that means for you. That might just be two or three of your besties, or you're going to the club this weekend. You know, again, be safe, take care of yourself and take care of your community members. Just because everybody else is taking their masks off doesn't mean that there aren't still immunocompromised people in our community who have always been here. Um, it doesn't still mean that you are not still susceptible to catching COVID. Um, you know, all of that stuff, right? We're not done. We're not out of this yet. We want to stay smart so that we can continue to party at the club in the future and the future and the future. Um, and that's pretty much our astrology for the week. Uh, Sunday is going to be our waxing half moon. So we'll talk about that on the next podcast. Uh, now let's get into some witchcraft. If you haven't created an altar for Mabin or Fall Equinox yet, there's still plenty of time as far as I'm concerned, especially because we are in the waxing portion of the lunar cycle. We're still growing and increasing. Um, the Fall Equinox was just a few days ago. The sun entered Libra just a few days ago. So I think it's there's plenty of time. Um, and if you are looking for uh, icons to work with on your altar, uh, these are, you, you can work with tarot. Um, this is one of my favorite ways of incorporating, um, icons and archetypes and deities, uh, into my altar work, uh, is by using the images that I find in tarot. Um, and I find that it works no matter what deck you use. In fact, Sometimes I think that the more abstract decks are even cooler to work with than the more literal image decks um, because there is uh, so much more opportunity to approach the archetype or the deity from this very subjective place of like whatever you are perceiving in this abstract image. Um, okay, that all said, uh, tarot that is really appropriate to work with in this week, now that we have entered Libra season, hanging out with the Justice card, which for lots of folks is connected to the sign of Libra, 
as well as the Empress card, which is connected to the planet Venus, the ruler of Libra. Very appropriate, especially because we have Venus entering Libra this week, especially potent. Now, side note, uh, not everyone uh, connects Libra to the Justice card. There is a switcheroo with some deck systems that changes uh, strength and justice. Uh, strength is often connected to Libra, excuse me, strength is often connected to Leo, Justice Libra, and there are several deck systems out there that are the opposite. They switch them. You go with your intuition, you go with whatever system you're working with right now, but I work with Justice connected to Libra, so that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, and in the Justice card, we see a person holding up a sword. And so that reminds us that we're also moving into the suit of swords when we move into Libra season. And so another card that we might work with for this week in particular is the Two of Swords. So let's talk about this collection because they are pretty potent and heavy players. Um, I do chalk, chalk? Sure. Why not? Also, I do talk about the Justice card and the Empress card at length uh, in the Fall Equinox class, more so than I'm going to talk about here on the podcast. And uh, if you are not aware, on my YouTube channel, I have a two-hour class on the Empress card. Yes, just the one card, <laughs> two hours, because big surprise, I can kind of go on about stuff. I don't know if you've picked up on that. Um but justice represents um, a conundrum for us, right? It, 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 we see this character holding a sword in one hand, and they're holding a scale in the other hand. And TLDR, it feels like a lot of the conversation that we're having in the justice card is between uh, the difference of what is right versus what is fair. Um, like what is the law of the land versus what is the law of nature? What is the law of humanity? And sometimes it seems like those are the same things, but they're often radically different. And not to go on and on and on, but I've told this story several times, so I'm going to tell it again. Um, the metaphor that I often use to describe what we are wrestling with in the Justice card is this. Imagine, if you will, with me, that you live in a land, or we collectively live in a land, where if you steal, you are going to have your hand cut off. Right By many measures, that's a very barbaric practice. All the same, everyone knows about it. It's not a secret. It's a, it's a well-known fact. This is the way that, that this society does its thing. Here we are, and you are starving, right? You are starving. Your family is starving. You do not have the means to uh, satisfy your hunger, to acquire food. And three doors down, the baker is baking loaf after loaf after loaf of bread, and they've got this whole rack of bread out in the air cooling, and you decide on this morning, I'm not starving anymore. I'm not going to let my family starve anymore. I'm going to take the chances and I'm going to steal a loaf of bread. We're eating today. This is not happening to me. We, I'm taking care of this problem. You go, you steal the bread, you eat, your family eats, you live another day, but you are caught, right? Now, here we come to this argument between what is right and what is fair. What's fair is that you have your hand cut off. You knew the rules. 
other people have committed the same crime and they have been served this same punishment. And it would be very unfair for you to just randomly not have to deal with this punishment. You knew what the, what the cost was of making this decision. What's right, of course, is that we don't cut your hand off. You were starving, right? You had a good reason. You didn't just randomly decide to steal a loaf of bread. You had your, your motivations and, and they were real. And, you know, and, and on the surface of the challenge that this card presents to us, it feels like this is the actual argument between what's right and what's fair. But the deeper challenge, the actual challenge that we are wrestling with when we encounter this card is, why is anybody starving in our kingdom in the first place? I'm looking at a person that's sitting on a throne. Their scales are made out of solid gold. They're wearing a gold crown. Why haven't we melted that down yet to make sure that every person in the kingdom has an oven in their house that they can bake their own loaf of bread? Why doesn't this person have access to land where they can grow their own grains, right? That's the deeper conversation. And this is kind of what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, where Libra season encourages us to kind of blur over the details and blur over the minority and blur over the uncomfortable parts that don't fit neatly into the picture. The neat picture is, well, you know, it's bread and, you know, you do the law and blah, 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 right? The harder part is, why the hell do we have a society that's constructed this way in the first place? This is neither of, none of this is right or fair. What the fuck is going on? So, when we are wrangling with the justice card, there can be an urge to stay at the surface of the problem or stay at the surface of the tension or the disagreement or the thing that needs adjusting. And the real work is to dive down under the surface of things and get into where it's uncomfortable, where it's weird, where, where it's funky and really undo some stuff before we make forward progress. Now, sitting off to the side, we have the Empress. The Empress is an incredible archetype for all of our goddess energy, but, but very much so all of our goddesses that are abundance-oriented, production-oriented, mothering-oriented, uh, prosperity-oriented. So we see Lakshmi in this goddess. We see... Uh, so many different goddesses in the, in the Empress. Um, and they are surrounded by uh, symbols of, of, of production and um, abundance and prosperity, especially with all, you know, I'm looking at the Smith weight deck as I'm talking about this and the whole bottom of the card is filled with those golden grains that everybody in theory should have access to so that they can go make their bread. Right? So that stuff is here with us in these two cards. Um, as a side note, you could also potentially bring in the world card because the world card is connected to the planet Saturn and Saturn of all things is exalted in the sign of Libra. What is that about, right? Like what is going on here? Um, but, you know, at the deepest level, the world card is like saying, hey, we are going to have to come back to these conversations and wrestle with these ideas over and over and over again as we evolve as a species and as we evolve as individuals and our understanding of like what's going on in the world um and you know it i can't stay at the surface anymore with this stuff i need to go to the heart and the depth of things okay so how do we do that that's where our two of swords comes in 
the two of swords in the Smithwaite deck depicts a person who's sitting on a, a square seat. They have water behind them, uh, a dark sky, a crescent moon. Perfect, right? Here we are. Here's our crescent moon, waxing crescent moon. Um, and they are wearing a blindfold and holding two swords. And, um, and so the blindfold for me connects us to the magician with their white headband that they're wearing. That headband is slipping down now over their eyes and blocking out the physical world. In the Two of Swords, we need to go inwards and we need to first and foremost be listening to our own voice of wisdom. That in fact is a big part of the lesson that we've learned in Virgo season right? So we're carrying that through out of the hermit, out of the archetypal experience and into the mundane world, into the practical practice of, you know, how do, so how do I think of, how do I figure out what's right and wrong? Well, first and first, first and foremost, you need to go inwards and listen to your own inner wisdom and check your gut basically on this. Um, and this card also is a representation that Life might be very full right now. Life might be very overwhelming even right now. And just in the most straightforward piece of advice that we can get from tarot in this moment, you might do yourself a real service by blocking out some distractions. I don't know, like stuff you look at, you know, social media on your phone perhaps is a thing that maybe needs to be edited out a little bit right now. What information are you taking in and do you need all of it? Or maybe is it the right time to limit the information that you're taking in a little bit and be very particular about the information sources that you're working with? And then finding a type of balance within yourself, first and foremost, before you move out into the world. Sitting with your emotions a little bit, even though this is the suit of swords and it's all about brainification and logic and rational approaches to things, we have that all that water behind this person and it's a little choppy. And so there's also a sense of like, I can't ignore my emotions totally, <laughs> even if I want to. Um, but resting my mind a little bit, doing some meditation, doing some visualization, uh, blocking out social media or blocking out information sources to some extent may actually help me find a little peace of mind in the midst of the tumultuousness that's happening around me, the abundance, the overwhelmingness of attaining and, and attending to the physical plane, all of that stuff. Uh, the, um, two of swords is connected in some magical systems to the moon in Libra. And again, that's where we're at right now with the new moon in Libra. So that's our tarot for this week. And I hope that's helpful. Um, while I'm here, let me also mention for patrons next month, our tarot circle is going to be on the tower. Yeah, the tower. Why not? Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this card and the devil card have been coming up a lot in people's readings le lately. I'm sure it's fine. Everything's fine. Everybody calm down. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be on the tower uh, and nothing could go wrong. Oh no, it all went wrong is the full name of this class. Um, and I think I'm teaching that class on the 12th or the 13th on October 12th is when that's going to be at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Tarot Circle is a monthly... Um, community resource workshop, community building moment, um, 
Some months we do a collective thing, like last month we did a community reading for fall, which was very eye-opening. Um, and then this one in October is going to be a little bit more lecture-oriented, where I'm just kind of going off on the tower card and all of the various ways that we can work with this very heavy and quite spooky card. Okay, last but not least, let's now actually literally talk about some witchcraft. Um when we are moving through Mabin season, fall equinox, whatever, um, there's a bunch of different ritual work that we can do. As we talked about in the Mabin class, um, you know, things like taking up a cause, uh, becoming more deeply involved in mutual aid groups that are in your community, very holy work to do at this time of year, sharing your bounty, whatever that means for you, also very holy work. And as a side note, um, I want to put some emphasis on this. Our bounty does not have to mean our money. It can be our skills. It could be our time. It could be our literal spirit and our joy and our love that we are sharing with people. That is just as much of a bounty, if not way more of an important bounty to share than whatever is happening in your bank account. Um, making wine really cool at this time of year. But what I encourage us to focus on, and, and there's other suggestions in class. So first and foremost, always you know, listen to your intuition, do the work that makes sense for you. If I'm ever suggesting spell work or, or ritual work for you in a week that you're like, I'm not feeling that, don't do it. Don't. I'm just some lady yelling on the internet. So check in <laughs> with your gut, first and foremost, check in with your intuition, check in with your own spiritual process too. Um, you know, do what makes sense for you. But um, this week, uh, lamp lighting, really big deal. It connects with a lot of our global holiday stuff that's happening. But what I want to really focus on is divination. Divination is a big deal in uh, fall equinox Mabon season. Um, and so doing divinatory practices this week is the spell crafting that I encourage. And divination, as I said at the beginning, is um, a muscle that I think that all humans have in them. And it's just a matter of identifying the muscle and exercising it and practicing with it. And then once you've exercised it and practiced with it for a while, you'll start to get a sense of which forms of divination do you really work well with and which forms of divination are cool, but don't necessarily produce as intense results for you. And first I recommend any form of divination this week that works well for you. Stick with what you know. If you are in the market for experimenting with forms of divination, here are some things that I think might be particularly potent this week because we have just stepped into the sign of Libra, which is an air sign. Uh, and it is a cardinal sign. So it is a good time for starting things ultimately. Again, with our astrology, we're in the planning phase of a lot of stuff. Once we have Mercury station direct, we'll still be in Libra. So it'll be better for going forward in the big picture stuff. But in our magical practices, I digress. Um, what I think might be really incredible this week is doing scrying work. And, uh, and in particular, scrying with clouds, scrying with smoke, and scrying with the wind. Now, scrying 
is a particular type of divination where we just look at things. We just witness it. We might do some other stuff in, in the process of that. But generally speaking, scrying is just about sitting and looking at stuff and watching it and letting it happen in front of us. And then we kind of have the experience that we have. So when we scry, first and foremost, we want to make sure that we have eaten, but eaten a few hours before so that the body isn't in the midst of digesting food. Um, when we're doing any kind of, uh, yet another digress, when we're doing any kind of divinatory work, the physical body is really excited to pull us back to the conscious world and the physical plane. It's like, no, 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 pay attention, pay attention. And a whole lot of scrying is about detaching a little bit and kind of floating in our, in our spiritual body a little bit and doing work from that place. So however many distractions we can uh, eradicate from the physical plane, the better. So eat some food, let a few hours pass so that your body is done digesting. Make sure you've had something to drink and you're plenty hydrated, but also that you've peed. Um, so that that's not going to be a, a, a distraction where no clothing or very comfortable clothing, whatever is the least distracting for you and make sure that you're sitting or laying down in a place that's comfortable and that you feel safe. So if you're doing this at home, maybe you feel very safe in bed, go lay in your bed. Uh, but maybe you're doing this outside somewhere and it would make you feel a little safer if you were sitting upright and maybe had your back against something. Cool. Find that spot. Um, you know, do do whatever you need to do to get yourself in the right headspace and in the right physical space to eradicate the distractions as much as possible. And then I encourage bringing with you a journal, something to write on or write with. You might also record on your phone if that is more accessible for you certainly do it that way um but here in uh the air sign world speaking as a means of recording or writing as a means of recording are going to be the two most potent ways of doing this and then uh, if you are going to try cloud scrying I encourage you to pick a day where there's beautiful weather, whatever that means for you, where you know that you're going to be comfortable outside, whatever that means for you, and then go pick a place with a few distractions where you can see a whole lot of the sky. And I want you to just lay down or sit, whatever is comfortable, but I encourage for cloud scrying in particular, laying down and just gaze at the clouds. Now you have to have clouds. If you have a perfectly clear sky, this is not the day for doing this. Um, so you gotta have you know weather that's comfortable, but still having a few clouds in the sky. And you're just gonna let the clouds roll by and let your mind wander. You don't wanna fixate on any one particular cloud, just let it happen in the sky and you don't necessarily want to try to figure out what the clouds look like. Just allow your mind to talk about whatever it thinks it's perceiving. And then after it's said some things for a while, push a little further into that practice, push a little further into that space to see if you can't find a voice behind the voice. And that may be 
your subconscious or your unconscious mind beginning to step forward and also talk about what it is perceiving here um, and record whatever happens for you. Maybe it's just a nice nap out in a field somewhere. That's totally legitimate. Um, and I, as I say to all of my clients, I especially encourage recording the stuff that doesn't seem to make sense. Like why, where did that come from? Why am I suddenly feeling this or thinking about this? Very potent stuff. Uh, the second form of scrying that I recommend is smoke. Uh, and you can do this with any source of smoke that you feel is safe to work with for you. So if you're out camping this weekend, you might do this with the smoke from your campfire. Um, if you are hanging out at home this weekend, you might, or this week, I should say, um, you might do this with incense smoke, whatever makes sense for your set and setting, right? Um, and it, again, exactly the same thing. You want to uh, have the least amount of distractions for your physical body. So food, water, pee, comfortable clothing, all that stuff. You again want to lay down or sit or recline in a way that's very comfortable that you can just relax and chill out, have your recording materials nearby, and then light your stick of incense or light your campfire. And it's exactly the same thing. You don't necessarily want to fixate on the smoke itself. You want the, the smoke to just drift past your eyes and allow your eyes to kind of take in the whole scene of the smoke. And again, just let your mind talk about this for a while and then see if you can't push into that voice and push past that voice to hear another deeper voice to see what that voice has to say about the circumstances. Um, and the last form of scrying that I recommend for this week would be wind scrying. And this again is going to be an probably, well, it doesn't actually doesn't have to be, could be an outdoor environment, could be an indoor environment. Um, if you are outdoor, what I would recommend is finding a tree that makes a lot of noise as the wind blows through it. And then on a windy day, go hang out with that tree, same thing, be comfortable, have your recording, all that stuff, and just listen to the sounds that the wind makes moving through the tree. Um, you know, I, again, I live in Seattle. I'm very lucky to have a million parks around me and we have lots of trees in our parks. So uh, we've got ample opportunity to go park it under a tree just about anywhere and listen to the tree do its thing in the wind. Lucky. Um, but maybe that isn't an option for you. So what I would encourage is if you are in a city, go to anywhere, maybe like a freeway underpass or a tunnel or a particularly um, like dense section of your downtown area where the wind is blowing through these architectural structures or blowing through the, the skyscrapers, um, you know, anything like that at all. Same thing. Park yourself, make sure you feel safe, make sure that you are comfortable, and then just hang out and listen to the wind and see what comes up for you. You could even do this at home. If you have um, a fireplace, you could listen to the wind blowing in the few as it, as it moves down the chimney, or you know maybe you have a window that just catches the wind at just the right angle when it's open a certain amount and it you know makes a really wild sound same thing. So wherever that space is for you, 
wind scrying, same thing, same thing. Making sure you're comfortable, making sure you feel safe, making sure that you can relax in that moment for a little while, and then just lean into that process. I think that it could be really potent stuff for you this week. If divinatory work is not what you're feeling, also protection work is going to be really potent this week. Um, and this can be protection work around protecting your bounty, protecting your harvest, um, literal or figurative, right? Because we're also talking about bounty being our love and our energy and our time uh, and our um, personal spiritual abundance that we get to share with people, the richest of riches of all, truly. Um, and maybe I need to be a little more protective of that stuff, right? Ivy is our plant that has stepped forward this week to say, hey, work with me. I'm here to protect. I'm here to uh, bring things together, that kind of stuff. Um, and then other plants that we might work with are truly all of the vines, even though last month technically was the month of vine. As I said before, ivy is also a vine. So we're still hanging out with all of our vines. Uh, very, very potent stuff. But you might also hang out with uh, plant helpers like foxglove or burdock um, or thyme. Uh, those are all going to be really cool plant assisters as we're doing this, this um, scrying work. Um, and let me also say that if you are lucky enough uh, to be a person who has an outdoor growing space, and this has been a season where you are starting to trim back your plants, burn that plant material if that's safe and right for your setting, for your situation, and use that as the basis of the smoke that you are scrying with. as like really super duper dialed in for our seasonal symbolism. All right, my friends, let's get into the roundup and get the hell out of here. No, I'm kidding. I love you so much. And I'm so glad that you spend this time with me every week because <laughs> I live alone and I'm just yelling alone in my apartment. <laughs> okay. Uh, rounding up the astrology for the week. Uh, Sunday, the 25th, we have our new moon in Libra at... Uh, basically 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at three degrees of Libra. We also had uh, Venus in Virgo trine Pluto retrograde in Capricorn at 27 degrees. On Monday the 26th, we had Venus in Virgo conjunct Mercury retrograde in Virgo at 27 degrees and the Sun in Libra opposing Jupiter retrograde in Aries at four degrees on uh, Tuesday, the 27th, we have uh, Mercury retrograde in Virgo, trine Pluto retrograde in Capricorn at 27 degrees. And then we have our moon moving into Scorpio. Wednesday, the 28th, nothing much to say. Thursday, the 29th, we have Venus moving into Libra. And then we have uh, at 6 a.m., the moon at the waxing crescent phase uh, 22 degrees of Scorpio. And then later that evening, the moon moves into Sagittarius on Friday, the 30th, nothing much Saturday, the 1st of October at 11, 11 AM, just to keep it super fancy, right? Pacific standard time. We have Venus in Libra oppose Jupiter retrograde in Aries at four degrees. And um, later that night, just after midnight, the moon moves into Capricorn. And so here we also have our lunar phases moving from Libra new moon into Capricorn waxing half. These are both cardinal signs. 
assisting us here at the beginning of fall in this new start, the start of the new season. The cardinal signs are always the starting signs. And so here they are, our lunar phases, assisting us in starting fall and getting fall energies going. And that, my friends, is it. Uh, I hope you watched the Mabin Fall Equinox class. Send me an email if you have questions about that stuff. I, um, I'm excited to start um, doing another thing with this podcast, potentially, because why not? Um, so if you have any questions about the class, send me an email. Um, and uh, if you haven't joined my Patreon, consider it. Uh, next month, Tarot Circle on the Tower should be super fun and super casual and super light. Uh, who doesn't love hanging out with the tower card, right? That's everybody's favorite. And um, check out the tarot classes that I've got offered for fall if you are wanting to beef up your divination skills with tarot in particular. There is a wide variety of classes to choose from. I'm offering a bunch of different stuff this fall. Um, and take care of yourselves out there and take care of each other out there. Um, I say it a lot on the podcast, but there are so many forces in this world that are encouraging us to isolate ourselves and to stay defensive and to be afraid of each other. And any time that we can break down that illusion, uh, we break down the forces that benefit from us believing in those illusions. We're not disconnected. We are deeply connected and wedded to each other, we might say here in Libra season. Um, there's no corners on a ball, right? There's no over there on earth. We are all right here. Um, so I'm glad to be here with you in this. Glad you're on the team. Glad we are a team. All right, witches. That's it. Blessed be. <laughs>